The talk this evening is on grace. When our eyes are clear and our hearts are open, we see and perceive intimations and glimmers and glimpses of grace all around us. We see grace within the smallest things. We see grace within a leaf falling from a tree. We see grace within the rain falling. We see grace within a bird hovering in the sky. We see grace within the movement of a child at play. Those moments of grace, they touch us deeply. They make a profound impression upon our consciousness. We perceive those moments of grace, those intimations of grace, not just in the world around us. We perceive those intimations and those moments of grace within ourselves. Times when we walk, we know we are just walking. Times when we stand, we know we're just standing. Times when we see, and there's a total and a complete fullness in our seeing. We know those moments of grace, times in our bonding with another person, when that bonding is a true act of communion of oneness, of joining together. We know those moments of grace too at times in our own aloneness when we experience a way of being, a dimension within ourselves, when we experience a total attunement to the moment, a total sense of being present and a sense in that being present of being fully awake to what unfolds in each moment for us. Those glimpses and intimations of grace that we perceive have a sense of magic, a sense of mystery about them. They are a kind of benediction. They are a kind of blessing. There's a sense and a knowing in those moments of grace of true completeness, a true wholeness, true sense of perfection. And the threads are common threads that run through our varying perceptions of grace. We know that those moments of grace are free from any kind of pretension, any kind of artificiality. We know too that those moments of grace and those intimations of grace can't be contrived by us or for us. They can't be constructed or produced. We know too that those moments of grace don't need any kind of proof or qualification. But those moments and connections with the true sense of grace, those moments speak with their own truth. They speak with their own sense of completeness. And those intimations of grace are spontaneous and they are profound. 
grace is a way of being, a way of seeing inwardly, where there's a deep, deep sense of attunement and oneness with the moment. Within grace too, within that experience or that seeing from a place of grace, there is serenity and there is peace. And those intimations of grace that we perceive, they touch us on the deepest level of our being. We know intuitively the truth and the completeness of that way of seeing. The essence of spirituality in a very real way is coming to know that grace within ourselves that dimension, that seeing of grace within ourselves. Mystics in every time, in every tradition, are those who know, who know how to listen to the harmony of inner grace, who know the attunement, the inner attunement and oneness that is grace within themselves, and knowing how to heed that grace inwardly knowing truly how to listen to that grace inwardly, mystics, the mystic within ourselves, perceives that grace everywhere around us and in everything that we see. That quality of grace inwardly is the quality that allows us and enables us to move through discord in our lives, to move through disharmony, to move through times of contention and conflict and empowers us actually to transform those times around us because we know inwardly what it truly means to abide in grace, what it truly means to abide in that deep sense of inner oneness. Heeding that quality of grace inwardly is knowing what it means to heed and to hearken to the fundamental oneness, the fundamental interconnectedness that does run in and through all things. It's a knowing, a sensing, an abiding in that interconnectedness in which, which bears no shadow of separation, no shadow of division, no shadow of duality. Abiding, too, in that sense of grace. We know that the only way to live, the only way to be in our world, is to cherish everything around us, because everything around us is unique. And because everything around us is unique, it is also irreplaceable, and it is precious. We know, too, that grace inwardly means to respect everything within ourselves because we too, in our inner being, our inner reality, are also unique. And as in a unique expression of life in our world, we too are irreplaceable and precious in our being. Grace is the source of our compassion. It's the source of our open-heartedness. That quality of grace, of oneness inwardly, is a source of our creativity. It's a source of our capacity to transform. It's an inner quality of knowing total attunement. 
knowing that this moment that we're in now is a moment that embraces all of moments, knowing that this time that we're experiencing now, this moment embraces past, it embraces present, it embraces future, that all of time is embraced in this very moment that we experience now. And knowing grace, we know how to fully and to totally embrace and to attune ourselves to know a deep level of rapport with this moment as it unfolds for us. The openness and the receptivity to true qualities of grace means deeply understanding what it actually means to be. It means knowing a deep level of surrender that is free from any kind of passivity, free from any kind of or loss of integrity on any level. It's the quality of surrender to being with what is in which the mystic within ourselves does emerge. The mystic that knows that all that we actually need for transformation lies within this moment which holds all moments knows that within this moment that holds all moments there is life, there is love, there is creativity, there is awareness. And held within this very moment that we experience now is all that we actually need to know a quality of freedom, of awakening inwardly, which knows the end of all division, the end of all separation, In our lives, in our practice, we're often focused upon goals. We're often focused upon becoming something. At times, we're focused so much upon our goals that we come to believe that our freedom, knowing freedom within ourselves, is going to depend upon making ourselves perfect, is going to depend upon making ourselves becoming something or someone other than who we are. In our practice, in our lives, much is spoken about models, about progress, about breakthroughs. Much credit is given to having different kinds of experiences and attainments and achievements. All of this that is spoken of, that is often so taken for granted as being necessary and valuable, needs to be explored. All of this that is spoken of that makes us intent on looking to the future, on looking outside of ourselves for freedom and completeness, needs to be questioned and needs to be explored. We are unique individuals. The way in which we experience ourselves is unique. The spiritual path that unfolds for us and the spiritual path that addresses each one of us is also unique to us. We need to know and to be able to know how to claim our spirituality, 
how to live it, how to live within it. It's not that it's, we must never hold goals for ourselves in our spiritual paths because we don't practice in order to stay the same as we are, in order to maintain the same beliefs or the same images that we hold in this moment. We do have, have goals. We have focus, directions of freeing ourselves of the destructive within ourselves. We hold goals in our practice of wanting to know how to nurture and develop all of that that contributes and enhances our understanding and freedom and well-being that brings meaning to our lives. We want to know how to live in a way in which we feel that our lives are meaningful, that we're coming to an authentic inner vision, an authentic spiritual identity the changes that we want to bring about inwardly. They do call for energy and perseverance. At times, the, en- the changes that we focus upon inwardly call for a great deal of discipline and a great deal of effort. And we hold those qualities within our hands. We hold those resources within ourselves And we appreciate the need at times to call upon those resources because we do appreciate as we're with ourselves at times the deep, deep hold that our conditioning, our beliefs, our images have upon us. The models at times that we look to for change are useful. They are valid. If they inspire us to look within ourselves, and to explore our own resources. The models that we look to are useful if they further inspire us to trust in ourselves and to trust in our own capacity for transformation. The models that we look to for change are limiting to us if we perceive them as being infallible authorities that we must strive to attain, strive to achieve, and that have some kind of power to give us the gift of freedom or the gift of peace. It's so important that we understand on a very deep level that there is no creed, there is no belief system that can provide us with an authentic spiritual identity. There is no model, no image, no expectation that can provide us with an authentic vision of our own potential, our own freedom, our own possibilities. Models that we look to as being models of perfection or models to attain, basically what those models do is they transmit an identity that we then feel we're supposed to assume. And it can be safe to follow the path of pursuing models and pursuing images and pursuing sanctioned goals and ideals. And yet we must also see that to do that to ourselves, to attempt to model ourselves after some image, after some goal, after some idea of perfection, is actually a violation of our inner integrity and a violation of our 
an authentic spiritual vision. The one thing, of course, that models do, and the one thing, well, it's truer to say, that the one thing that no model can do is actually address our own uniqueness. Models do ignore the uniqueness that is within ourselves, that is ourselves. And following the path of trying to mold ourselves after some form of model or image is a very real and direct way of alienating ourselves from truly understanding what it means to be, alienating ourselves from a deep sense of inner freedom. It's valid at times to have ideas of progress, to know that we're undergoing change. It's valid to see changes taking place within ourselves because those changes that take place within ourselves through following a path of spirituality are the changes that affirm our trust and our faith in the path that we're cultivating. And we must also see that any ideas of progress, any ideas of improvement, any ideas of attainment rest upon some standard to which we can compare ourselves, rest upon signposts that have been transmitted to which we can compare ourselves. If we have no standards, if we have no signposts, if we have no levels, to measure ourselves by, then all notions of progress fall away. And with the falling away of all notions of progress, all notions of regression also fall away. Ideas of gaining only exist in relationship to measuring ourselves by particular standards. Notions of losing and of failing also can only exist in relationship to standards by which we measure ourselves. And without those standards, there is no progress and there is no regression. And without those standards, there is no gaining and there is no loss. All of those notions become totally empty for us. And then all that we have is now. And then all that we have is being. All that we have is who we are in this moment. It's so difficult for us to let go of our own standards, to let go of the standards perfection, the standards of progress, the standards of achievement that we hold on to within ourselves because it is difficult to let go because our identity as a person, our identity as a woman, our identity as a spiritual being rests upon, too often rests upon, our capacity to measure ourselves. We feel secure as a person. We feel secure and safe as an individual 
if we can define ourselves. And when those definitions fall away, we must explore what it means just to be. We must explore that level of insecurity in which lies our own freedom. We know that when we sit, how influenced we are by the voices that we hear within ourselves. We hear the voices of accusation and of blame when our standards of perfection or our standards of progress or the standards by which we validate and define ourselves are not met. And we hear the voices of praise within ourselves when we do conform to our ideas of perfection, when we do meet up to our standards of progress and achievement. And it's so difficult for us to deeply understand that in not defining, in not becoming, in not resting upon any of those standards, that in there and within that lies our freedom. That our very non-definition, the very insecurity of our non-definition is liberating for us. Our notions of goals, our notions of progress, our notions of improvement too often lead us only to striving, to achieving, to accumulating. Lead us into these endless movements, these relentless and endless movements of becoming within ourselves. Trying to become this or that. Trying to become someone, trying to become something different and separate and apart from who we are and where we are in this moment. And those movements of becoming lead us to look outside of ourselves for salvation, lead us to look outside of ourselves for affirmation, lead us to look outside of ourselves for a confirmation of the definitions that we feel to be acceptable within ourselves. And those relentless movements of becoming are the same movements that propel our world in a relentless and heartless way to be totally and truly and endlessly disconnected and alienated from understanding what it means to be, what it means to be present, and what it means to be free. A mystic, a true mystic, is radical, is willing to let go of becoming, is willing to step outside of that cycle of movement that propels us from one state of identity to another, from one image to another. A true mystic disbelieves in those standards by which we measure ourselves is willing to set aside the need for affirmation, the need for reassurance, the need for confirmation, and is radical in stepping out of that becoming to let go and to relinquish the need to become someone and the need to become something. In stepping out of that relentless and endless movement of becoming, the mystic, I feel, is willing eager and yearns to explore the fullness and the richness 
of their own solitude and their own uniqueness and knows the immense freedom that lies within that exploration. And the mystic too is willing to take, to undertake and yearns to undertake the risks and the responsibility that is inherent in opening to this moment in opening to truly understanding what unfolds within this moment and the risk and responsibility in opening to a true vision of oneness and interconnectedness. Again, in spirituality, often breakthroughs are given so much value and so much credit and breaking through where we are to some other state some plateau, some state of otherness which is separate and apart from now, where there's some quality of highness, some quality of purity, or some quality of enlightenment. And yet that otherness so often that is sought to break through to is separate, it is apart from this moment. To me, the only breakthrough that is significant and the only breakthrough that is truly profound is breaking through our resistance to being present, breaking through our resistance to totally and fully and freely being with what is, being present with what is. It's a breakthrough which holds a quality of surrender, Breaking through that resistance to being with what is means no longer being involved in the desire and the attempt to modify, to manipulate, and to control this moment and all that it holds and all that unfolds within it. It means a readiness to step out of becoming, a readiness to be with what is, and a readiness to be within ourselves. When we can break through our resistance to being with what is, we enfold this moment with a quality of grace, with a quality of being, and enfolding this moment and ourselves with that quality and spirit of grace, this moment then in it emerges the fullness of our own creativity and the fullness of our own freedom. We may know that it's easy to say, just be present, just be with what is, just be awake with what is. We know how extraordinarily difficult it is just to be present, not to be always doing, manipulating, controlling, just to be fully and totally present with what is. We know that the grace and the moments of grace that we have experienced have that quality of being a benediction, of not being contrived, not being produced through our effort, our will. And we know too that when there's no true receptivity, no true willingness or stillness within ourselves, then our surrender, when it takes place, the quality that that surrender has is not a quality of surrendering to grace, but is all too often a quality of surrender in which there's passivity, a feeling of being lost or of being overwhelmed. 
we know that there is a place in our own inner development for agency, for effort, for energy. We know, too, that true surrender doesn't bear any marks of passivity or indifference or of dullness. But does that mean that our agency, our effort, needs to be divorced from grace? Or doesn't it mean that we need to know grace within our effort? We need to know that quality of grace within our agency, within our doing, when we need to call upon those resources of effort and attention. Doesn't it mean that our action, our direction, our focus, needs to be an extension of grace, an act of grace, if the very actions that we are engaging in here are going to actually lead to a true mystical understanding of grace. We need to know in our practice what it means to be graceful in action, graceful in our effort, graceful in our agency. Awakening to our own spiritual fullness and wholeness is awakening to that quality and understanding of oneness, which is the thread that runs in and through all beings, all life. It's a mystical awakening to the truth of interconnectedness, the truth of oneness, in which there's no division and no separation. It's an awakening in which there is freedom, a freedom which is expressed spontaneously, in compassion and in open-heartedness. As we begin to explore ourselves inwardly, we know that we're not going to bypass who we are. We know, too, that we need not to be distracted from who we are. Our quality of exploration, the quality that we bring to our inner exploration, needs our sensitivity, calls for our understanding, Is there grace or an absence of grace in the quality of our inner exploration? If there is grace within that exploration, we are following a path which leads us to understand the deepest dimensions of grace. If there is an absence of grace in our inner exploration, then that absence of grace can only lead to a continued alienation and division within ourselves. We cannot ignore our being. We cannot ignore who we are in this moment. Trying to become someone, trying to become something, no matter how admirable or how lofty or how spiritual that ideal or image that we're trying to become is, Basically, in that endeavor to become someone, to become something, we form a relationship inwardly in which there's an absence of grace. Because in trying to become something, trying to mold ourselves into some model, basically that very endeavor to become is a denial of who we are in this moment. And in that denial of who we are in this moment, There is equally a denial of this moment itself. 
there is in that endeavor to become a denial of what is, a clear understanding of what is, a clear attunement and rapport with what actually is in this moment. In that denial of who we are, in that denial of what is, we struggle. We war with ourselves. At times we become brutal. At times we become judgmental. At times we become negative and suppressive and ignoring of whatever arises within ourselves that doesn't conform to our ideal. And in that war and that struggle, we don't understand that the angers we feel, the jealousies we may feel, are as much a part of our being in this moment as our compassion and our open-heartedness is. And it's not by becoming that we are going to erase that which we see to be negative within ourselves. It's not by striving to become something that we're going to negate that which we wish to be free from within ourselves. It's not by becoming that we, be, that we come to understand what grace is. We need to understand that the path to transformation, the path to grace, the path to deep understanding doesn't lie outside of this moment, that it lies within all that we are, that it lies within who we are, that it lies within all that we experience in this moment, and that grace and freedom is not separate and apart from any of this or from all of this, that our grace and freedom is understanding in the midst of all of this who we truly are, who we actually are, the truth and the essence of our own being. We can struggle for a very long time trying to modify ourselves, trying to modify the moment we're experiencing. We can struggle for a very long time trying to manipulate, to alter, to control what is in order to make it into something that is acceptable to our standards of perfection. We can struggle for a very long time judging ourselves and blaming ourselves for our weaknesses, our imperfections, and our inadequacies. And we can also struggle for a very long time praising ourselves for those times when we conform and manage to meet up to and fit into our images of perfection. And at some point, we understand in ourselves. At some point, there's a deep understanding that this moment is actually all we have. At some point, there comes a deep realization that who we are in this moment is all that we actually have to understand, that it lies within all of this that we experience, the key to the magic of grace, the key to the magic of freedom, the key to the mystery of a deep, deep dimension of understanding and freedom within ourselves. 
and that it lies nowhere separate, nowhere apart from all of this that we have, from all of this who we are, that is enfolded and held within this very moment we're experiencing. Laying down that struggle, stepping out of that struggle, doesn't in any way mean sinking into passivity, sinking into indifference, or sinking into a kind of paralysis. Laying down that struggle when it comes from true understanding, from a true attunement to the moment, means opening, an inner opening on a very deep level to all that enfolds within this moment for us. It means deeply understanding, laying down that struggle, that all that we truly need to do is to understand what it means to be with what is. And that all that we truly need to let go of are resistances in the forms of our beliefs, our images, our conclusions, our fears, our assumptions, that all we need to truly let go of are those resistances. Laying down that struggle brings grace to our action, means understanding that all we can do and all we can bring to this moment is the willingness to be open-hearted and mindful of what is. And in being open-hearted and mindful of what is in this moment, we begin to understand what it means to be. Grace in our action, grace in our agency, is essential as we come closer to ourselves, to our own being. That grace wears the face of gentleness and softness and receptivity. That grace in our action brings the face of unconditional goodwill and open-heartedness to what is, to being with what is in this moment. When that grace is there, we can call upon our resources of effort. We can call upon our resources of attention. We can call upon our resources of focus without ever being alienated or distanced or disconnected from that quality of grace within ourselves. And when we can be open-hearted, simply and purely, open-hearted to and mindful of what is, this moment is unfolded by that open-heartedness. And we can listen to the universe and we can listen to our own being. And in that open-heartedness, we can creatively and fully utilize the messages and the learning and the understanding that each moment offers to us. Established in that grace, our own inner wisdom too begins to emerge. In that open-heartedness to the moment and to ourselves, we can tap into the wisdom and the learning that comes through the vehicles of the world around us, our own bodies, our emotions, and our thoughts. And we are enriched by that learning that we open to. Our creativity, too, is rooted in that grace. And true creativity is not the capacity to produce something, to make something, to present something. True creativity is born of our oneness with the moment. 
True creativity is born of that total attunement and rapport with what is. Knowing that creativity, that attunement within ourselves, knowing that full sense of attunement and rapport with the moment itself, we see the creativity that lies within each step that we take, that lies within each movement that we make, that lies within each response that we experience within ourselves. Our creativity isn't born of trying to imitate or pattern ourselves after something or someone else. Our creativity is born of our bonding and communion with this moment and with ourselves as we truly are. Our creativity is born of our bonding, true bonding and communion with the pure resources of awareness and being that lie within ourselves. That grace of connection inwardly means an absence of self-consciousness. So much and so often we have this sense of I, this sense of self being at the center of our universe. And that sense of I means separation. When we are locked and imprisoned within that sense of I, we have a sense of you. Locked and imprisoned within that sense of I, we have a sense of other. And when we are locked and imprisoned within that sense of I, there is always apartness, there is always separateness, there is always division, and there is always (coughs) duality. And in that self-consciousness that comes through being imprisoned within that center, We cannot truly open to what is because the world around us, other people, our inner experience, the present moment itself is always filtered through the values and the filters of our prejudices, our likes, our dislikes, our fears and aversions. And that self-consciousness inhibits our bonding with the moment It inhibits our creativity and it inhibits and handicaps us knowing that deep, deep sense of oneness and connectedness. Can we explore here and now that quality of grace within ourselves? Can we let go of the fears, the expectations, the models, the striving? Can we let go of the fears that imprison us in that center of self-consciousness? Can we listen inwardly? And when we listen inwardly, we hear noise. We hear the noises of clamoring and unharmonious voices within ourselves. We hear the noises of our fears and our conditioning. But if we can just be present with that listening, those voices do begin to still. We begin to perceive and have intimations of the silence and the stillness between the thoughts. The silence and the stillness amidst the noise. As we listen inwardly with sensitivity and with open-heartedness, The fires of our judgments, the fires of our rejections, the fires of our resistances, 
begin to die down. When they're not fueled, they begin to die down. And we allow in that listening, we allow in that listening the voices which propel that movement of becoming also to still. And we see that all those motions of becoming that so often fascinate and captivate us, that all that variety of movement of becoming this and becoming that, they're like ripples on the water. They're like waves on the ocean. And that underneath those ripples there lies the stillness of being. There lies the stillness of oneness. There lies the stillness which runs in and through all of that becoming and which is not affected in any way, which doesn't rest in any way upon becoming. Underneath those ripples there lies a pure silence, a pure stillness, a pure being in which we begin to get a true glimmer of oneness, a true glimmer of interconnectedness. That listening to, we know, a deep quality of surrender, and it's that quality of deep, deep surrender which relinquishes and lets go that center, lets go that center of self-consciousness. And when there is no center, everything is enfolded by grace. Everything rests upon grace. Everything around us and within ourselves is an expression of grace. And discovering that grace within ourselves, we know that when we sit, we just sit. And when we walk, we just walk. And when we bond with another, we just purely bond. And we discover in that grace which touches everything around us, which touches our own being, we discover in that grace our own freedom. May all beings abide in stillness. May all beings abide in grace. May all beings abide in freedom. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.